Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Influential You podcast. I'm Josh D'Amigo, program faculty member for Influential You and your host for this weekly podcast. At Influential You, we teach you how to take charge of your career and amplify your professional influence. Since 2009, we've helped thousands of business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs become more influential, more rewarded, and more you. Today, we welcome Kelly Woyan to the Influential You podcast. Now, Kelly Woyan has worked nearly 20 years as a producer, author, freelance writer, and television personality. She has experience in story development for both action and animation films, and before her shift and focus on Hollywood, she wrote three books, created an award-winning blog, and appeared on national television shows, including The Today Show and Martha Stewart Living, and has been published in LA Home, The Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and the Chicago Tribune. She's very successful. You're going to love her. She has completed the Fundamentals of Transaction program. It's our primary program here at Influential U, and she's beginning our Mechanics and Practice program in the fall. And I invite you to hit that like and subscribe button and help me welcome Kelly Woyan to the Influential You podcast. Now, Kelly, as I was reading over your notes, I loved hearing how much you said you were able to level up your game because of the Fundamentals of Transaction especially because of all of those accomplishments I just listed right before you came on. But before we get there, how did you even hear about us here at Influential U? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. That was quite a generous introduction. And it almost sounds like I'm a cat with nine lives with no direction. <laughs> I don't know. But thank you for that. And it's really great to be here. I'm a big fan of, you know, you and this podcast. And so, you know, for me, I first heard about influential youth through the founder, one of the two founders, Kirkland Tibbles. Um, I'm a film producer, as you said, and, you know, when I first met Kirkland, we were working on a project with each other. You know, everything was still Zoom. I never met him in person. It was like magnets. We just connected. And, you know, as we continued to work on a couple of things together, he would, you know, pepper in little, well, in, you know, this uh, FOT, like you really should learn more about it. And like he would say certain things. And I, I am a student through and through. I'm a sponge. And so there was one day we started talking about just the transactional cycle as we were talking about business. And I was completely hooked. This was a language I had never heard before. And to have that experience with Kirkland explaining just, you know, and he did it so just in a way that I heard it differently. And listen, I am a creative, I am not a business person. I have always prided myself of not understanding Excel sheets, numbers, <laughs> business jargon, any of it. I'm a creator and that's how I move about the world. But there was something very attractive about this program that really it, it invited me to believe that actually as a creator, I need to understand and access this other side of my brain because it's the way that I can be even more successful in my business as a creator. That's so good. And I've, I've had that same experience actually with Melody Baruni, who we call my transactional twin, because she and I sat in the old office in the kitchen and Kirkland drew a big circle. And then he said, all right, 
here we go. And he said, we were going to invite somebody, then we're going to present it to them. Then we're going to have a contract. And I remember right at that moment, I was hooked because it just made so much sense on this model of how human beings exchange. So exactly. I'd love to hear now you were very successful already before the program. I listed a lot of those accomplishments, Martha Stewart living, you know, Chicago Tribune and, and some of these other, you know, articles and, and places you've been published. So, you know, people often think, oh, well, I'm doing well. I don't need fundamentals of transaction. But you said that, you know, as you started doing this, you realized that things just started to level up. What was life like before you started participating with us in the fundamentals of transaction program? Um, you know, it's interesting you say that because actually, personally, my experience was I felt like I was flatlining a little bit. I felt mm -hmm. like I was feeling inside of me. I needed to make a shift, but I had no clear idea of how that was going to look. I didn't even know the direction as as a writer and producer and an author like my M.O. is I kind of wait to respond. I kind of wait to see how I feel about if something excites me, if there's an opportunity. Um, and then once I decide it, I go after it. I'm also the type of person I will wake up one day and be like, I'm done with that no more. That happened with me when I decided to give up my blog. I It was a very successful, it was one of the first food allergy blogs back in 2002 when blogging was nothing. But that was like, right where people started making a career. And then I got my book deals from it and all the things that came with that. And I just remember I woke up one day after like 10 years and I just was done. I, I It wasn't exciting to me anymore. And I mm. was hungry for something different and decided on a whim to apply to graduate school, which, you know, as a mom of five kids, my youngest was two years old at the time. I was living in Orange County. That was in L.A., Everybody said it was crazy, but there was something in me that I needed to go in a different direction. I wanted more. And so I dumped my blog and I left it and people couldn't believe it after all the years I spent building my brand. But that felt very organic to me. And that's what kind of propelled me into this film production writing world. So part of this process prior to FOT, I was kind of riding that wave a little bit. You know, I was at at USC, I had no aim. I didn't, I knew what my master's was going to be in, which was professional writing, but I didn't know if it was going to be screenwriting or poetry. It was a multi-genre degree. So I just kind of took all the classes and I kind of just accidentally fell into screenwriting and then mm. accidentally fell into internships where I worked with Jeremy Renner. And, and so I accidentally kind of went it down a path, but never one saying, oh, this is the path I want to take ever. So after about, I don't know, the past eight or nine years of just being very grateful for the opportunities that have come my way. And, and you're right. I mean, I'm very grateful that I've always kind of been in the right places at the right time and use those opportunities. The flip side is I never really was intentional about that aspect. I just kind of like relied on my ability to sense, oh, this is the next move. So when, again, I'm introduced to the world of FOT, it was like somebody just hit the light in a room. Like I walk into a room and they hit the light. It made sense. 
that maybe some of the areas in which I was not happy with my career or some of the areas where I was in producing relationships or um, certain projects that I wasn't feeling um, fulfilled in or having the kind of success I wanted was a direct result because I didn't understand what part of that cycle I was deficient in. So for me, that was the next step that needing to yeah. understand how can I take this to the next level. Yeah. And you, in your, in your pre-show notes, you said you weren't adept at accepting or declining offers. And it's as we teach it. And as I know, you know, this, um, if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know what to say yes or no to, you don't know what to accept or decline. So it sounds like you found that you were a performer personality. You kind of liked flying by the seat of your pants, having fun, being in the moment and you're doing all of these accomplishments with five kids and it's not really satisfying you. And so now with your ability to kind of know what you're aiming for, even before we started this show, we started talking about some of the things we might plug. And you said, well, uh, maybe we don't plug that. That's not really relevant to all this. And I remember looking at you right on the screen just now and saying, that's exactly it. That's exactly what you learned, like that right there. So tell me a little bit more about kind of understanding and knowing what direction you wanted to go. What kind of thinking did you have to do in order to realize, hey, this is actually how I want to define this condition of life. And now here I'm here I go. Can you tell me a little bit about that process? Yeah. And I think it's important, you know, anybody who's done a little bit of this work really understands the the subconscious meaning behind the language of the conditions of life or the 13 steps. And it's really in a, in a simpler way, it's all about what is true and authentic to you. What is truly authentic to what you came here to do? What is it that drives you? What is your purpose? And I remember in, you know, completing the FOT course and speaking with Marnie um, about map and considering if this was the next step. Cause I wasn't sure to be totally honest with you, if it was the right time for me to take this next step, because it is a very intense process. <laughs> and, you know, I, I had said to her, I don't know, writer, producer, I, I don't know. And this is the old me. And, and, but then I stopped myself and, and she kind of helped guide me through this. It's a very simple question. What do you want to be known for? What is your legacy? And again, these are questions I actually never asked myself. And maybe some of that has to do with the performer aspect that I just want to like show up, have a good time, be available to everybody at all times, and then dip out. Yeah. But there's something, uh, there's something really beautiful about feeling like you have agency to sit down and say, what do I want my legacy to be? What is it that I want? What are my specific aims and my own conditions of life? Not just the ones of my children or the people that I'm responsible for. What is it that I want? And I think it's really important, especially as women, as women who have left the workplace for many years to raise families, who have sacrificed a tremendous amount of their you know, income earning potential years to raise families that we are absolutely allowed to ask for what we want and to make no apologies for it. And I think especially moving through this program and with FOT and what I'm really excited about taking it with MAP is that 
I am so ready to take my vision for what I want this next act of my life. Cause truly this is my second act of life. Um, my kids are almost all grown. I'll just have like one at home. I mean, it's crazy. My whole life <laughs> is opening in a very different way. And yeah. I think a lot of women in their late forties, early fifties can identify with this, that you, you suddenly, it's like the, you know, Patricia Arquette in, in boyhood when at the end, and she's sitting at the kitchen table and her college son leaves and she's like, is this it? Like, was this it? And I feel like in the process of going through this program, I, I realize it's not it. There's so much more. And you gain power when you understand there's a cycle to this. There is a process. There is a structure. And for me, as a woman, especially, that has been incredibly empowering. That's so good. That's so good, Kelly. And it's so good for a few reasons. The first one is something I told you about before we started. I'm going to give you this compliment and now I'm going to give it to you. When you're really talented and you can do a lot of things, let's say you're a triple threat, you can act, dance, sing, you can do all of the things. It becomes hard to figure out how you want to specialize or, or how you want to be known or how you want to, you know, maybe not use all of those skill sets and talents. And one of the things that I found through my own studies in fundamentals of transaction is sometimes the question is, what do I not want? Because I've realized like I've tried all of these things and, and this hasn't really been what I wanted. This wasn't what I wanted. Did you feel that way at all? Uh, humbly, of course. Do you, did you feel that way? Like it helped you kind of refine exactly where you wanted to spend your time and how you wanted to move? Absolutely. I mean, I know this, this actually might sound crazy to some of your viewers, but I would invite your viewers to understand that, especially I, I, this is not just a woman thing, but I think this is as women who are responsible for families and caretaking, mm -hmm. you don't ask yourself what you want and don't want, generally speaking, whether that's professionally or personally. A lot of times we move to neighborhoods that may not be our first choices. It's for the good of the family or the, the main breadwinner, or we, you know, pick the house that maybe we don't want, or we give up the career that, you know, maybe we were really excited about, but it didn't make much sense because you couldn't afford childcare. Like I have been so conditioned since I'm 22 years old to not ask any of those questions. And I think a lot of women in general are conditioned to not ask those questions in consideration when you have to bring into the picture families, spouses, partners, whatever. And so in this case, when I'm sitting down and I, I'm understanding, oh, I have aims. What are they? Like never really, of course we have our lists of things we want to accomplish. And I, I certainly have had that, but not in a very specific way that felt like I had a roadmap to get there. And so when I looked at everything, I looked at all the conditions of my life were not at all that I wanted. I mean, mm -hmm. on paper, sure, like I, I'm in a good place and, you know, there's things that I'm very proud of, but I was looking at just my own personal life. You know, when you go through the program, you're looking at career and money and health. And so I had to take a hard, honest look. Is that exactly where I want to be? No, across the board. And so then you go through the next steps. Well, what is important to you? How do you want to get there? And then the biggest piece of all this that I learned was how to be accountable. You know, so often 
we as, you know, I think we learn this in, in um, Fundamentals of Transaction is that we're subconscious human beings that just kind of move through, you know, and, and just accept offers and we're not really intentional with what yeah. we're doing. And so when I really stopped and slowed down and got quiet, and it was not one week, it was not one afternoon, it was over the course of the six months yeah. that things were often very painfully clear to me, but it also gave me the courage to kind of walk through the fire because once you have a roadmap and you understand there's a process here, it's something you can trust in. You're not just grasping for straws. Yeah. And so many people are don't have a plan. Um, and, and also, we, you and I, as performers, we don't want it to be robotic. We want to have some flexibility. Like you said earlier, we want it to feel natural to us. We want it to feel organic. And so I'll, I'll say this, because we're going to be coming back to the rest of your story in a moment. But uh, it's so encouraging for me, because we're going to talk about slowing down in just a second in one of our conversations early on in this. So we'll be right back with Kelly's story in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to tell you that the Influential You podcast is brought to you by Thrive, Influential You Self-Guided Training. Now, Thrive is the on-ramp for the acclaimed business curriculum that we have here at Influential You. We do all of these things because we want to help people succeed. And our primary advanced and mastery curricula are all available by application. But with Thrive, you can actually start learning today. And if you want to get results like you're hearing Kelly, you probably need to start today. In fact, I'll get rid of the probably. You should start today. And I'll give you a gift to let you do that. Thrive is a professional self-development program that lets you learn at your own pace. Thrive members enjoy weekly live e-coaching sessions and an ever-expanding library of exclusive video lessons taught by our faculty, consultants, and industry experts. Now, here's that gift I told you about. If you sign up today, you can use promo code 30 days, that's three zero D-A-Y-S, to get a Thrive self-guided training subscription for free for 30 days. Once again, that's coupon code 30DAYS. For links or to find out more, you can click the link in the show notes for this podcast, or in the USA or Canada, you can text the word THRIVE to 805-262-9008, and we'll send you the registration link right to your mobile phone. Again, Text the word THRIVE to 805-262-9008, and you can cancel anytime. And now we're back with Kelly. And Kelly, you were just talking about that slowing down. And I remember we had a Zoom call right when you started. And I tell this to all of my clients right around session three. I say, now, remember, you're learning right now. We're going to crawl before we walk. We're going to walk before we run, and then we don't run. <laughs> so <laughs> let's slow down. Don't use this stuff yet. Just keep observing. Now, tell me how that's kind of counterintuitive to kind of how you were living as a performer. I mean, that I remember that <laughs> conversation so vividly because, yes, I, it, was, it was a moment in which it's kind of like, you know, you drop into a new foreign country you've never been in before. And you're like, I want to go to all the places. I want to do all the things. And, but, oh my God, I have jet lag and I need to like slow down. Like you realize <laughs> like, and that is my personality that I just, when I see something new and exciting as a performer, I just want to grasp onto it. However, as a performer, you're also the first to leave the party if things get too hard or too difficult. <laughs> so having that conversation with you was actually critical because I, 
I feel like if I didn't, I would have thought maybe something was wrong with me. Maybe something was wrong with the program. Why am I losing excitement? And something that I really appreciated throughout the um, every every session, every week, the message was really driven home that you're going to have difficult points in this. There's going to be times where you feel like, I don't like this anymore. This is too much. This is not at all what I thought it would be. And again, that's pretty indicative of a life cycle in general. A lot of times when we're on a journey, we're very excited. We get hit with a bunch of tests and we want to abort. And that's just the nature of that cycle. And the same applied to this. So when we had that conversation, I was like, oh, I have to slow down. Okay. I have to consciously slow down and be more methodical about this. And then shortly after that, around session five, six, it was like, those were hard for me. And I was having a tough time <laughs> because I was trying to continue to bring in new information while reading old information and really trying to embody this new way of thinking. And listen, when we're making any sort of new ideas in our brain, when you're opening up new neural pathways, it's repetitive. It's like you have to exercise, you have to practice it. And I really appreciated that there was a lot of emphasis on understanding what this process would look like and what to expect. So you're not hit with any surprises as you move through it. And I think slowing down is probably the biggest piece of advice I would give anybody who would be considering FOT in the future. Well, it's so good, right? Because you've been talking so much uh, earlier about being intentional about a lot of the moves that we make. And when we often are flying by the seat of the pants or we get really excited and, and we live in this land of intentions as that performer personality. And one of the things that we talk about is just because I'm a performer doesn't mean that it's okay to constantly act that way. Now, it doesn't mean it's bad, but in many cases, we need to just slow down and be more discerning. We need to slow down and, hey, is this really, am I really committing to this or am I just saying something to make someone feel good right now? What am I really doing here? And uh, I think that leads me to my next question because one of the things that performers often do is we run around making a bunch of intentions and we don't really understand kind of where that gets us or, or what that does. In fact, a lot of times it's freedom that the performer craves. I, I don't want to be tied down to things. I don't want to just sit, you know, like I want to have this freedom. And to me, that means autonomy, the ability to move on my own and go wherever I want. But you found out later on in the program, around 10, the definition of autonomy as we teach it. And I'd love to hear what you learned about that definition. I, I, listen, I, I that session was when a complete shift happened for me. As a mother, as a producer, as a writer, as somebody who has always prided herself on being autonomous. I loved saying that word. Oh, I put myself through school. Oh, I had like all these, like I was very proud because that's how I was raised to be independent. Don't expect anything from anyone. Don't, you know, give as much as you can be, you know, irreplaceable. Like all those things were messages that were very much um, hammered into me as a child. And then even as a mother, it's like, that was, that was being autonomous is I can do everything myself. 
And even as a new film producer working in Hollywood, I was the girl that would just do everything. I'll do everything myself. I don't need any help. Look how independent I am. Look how amazing I can make this for you. And so I remember when we had that session and and I had already done the coursework. So I still was having a problem with my definition of autonomy was incorrect. It was just the complete opposite. And I did not accept that. I did not accept that auto autonomy is, is basically scarcity and poverty was the messaging that I remember from it. That if you truly move about your transactions in that way, that is poverty. And that really like hit home for me because there's this idea that all the time you spend just taking on the world and taking on you know, a ton of work or you're in a certain department or you're in a project and I'm just going to do everything myself because I want to show that I can do everything myself. You've eliminated for yourself the freedom, which is so important, to have additional opportunities, whether it's through expansion, education, other contacts, like there's so much that's involved in that. And as soon as that idea was presented to me, it just a light bulb went off. Because I have been running my entire life on a principle that I can do everything myself. When the exact opposite is true, that if we want financial success, we want career freedom and independence, you must have the participation of other people. You must have the participation of whatever groups you're moving through transactionally and otherwise, because that is the way that the law works. That's yeah. the nature of this. If you choose to go be a lone wolf and a maverick and you're just going to go do everything, you will find yourself alone with limited opportunities and potential. And yes, if money is a very important aim of yours, you will be living in a, a scarcity mindset because that's really rooted in that. It's harder. It's harder. And, the, and you know, performers, a lot of times, uh, performers will do things themselves or they love teams and they love group dynamics or they can do both. And for me, it was, it was really kind of eye-opening to realize autonomy is more help than I need. It's, it's, it's having a surplus of help. It's all of these sensors and things that are helping me kind of guide the vessel. And the more help I can get, the better it's going to be in a, in a lot of ways. And making sure that I'm talking to qualified individuals that can give me qualified feedback for the thing that I'm trying to do. And I don't think if, if you guys are listening and you just heard all that and you're not clapping at your desk, if you're not thumbs upping or liking or, or, or telling somebody, like, shame on you because this is really good, Kelly. I'm like lost in hearing you talk about this. This is really fun. So we're going to talk a little bit about what life's like now. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it this way, and I, there's probably a more elegant way of saying it. But you went from shape-shifting to telling people, no, no, this is where I am, moving around, move around me. And I'd love to hear a bit more about, okay, so what's life like now? What are some of the things that came out of your study that you are still practicing or, or some of the results that came from what you were studying? There's a lot, probably too many to name here, but I will kind of share some of the more significant ones. This all starts with getting very, very clear on your aims, getting clear on the conditions of life that are important to you. So for instance, um, I live in a beautiful beach town community. I live in the same home that I shared with my ex-husband and I raised my five kids in, in a neighborhood that 
I just didn't pick. It's a lovely neighborhood. It's wonderful. I really love my neighbors, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me at all. I've always been somebody who has been attracted to the water. There's a certain aesthetic. There's a certain, I also like simplicity. I wanted something smaller, more beachy, cool. And I, I remember as I'm doing this work and I was writing down my lists and kind of journaling, I, why am I living somewhere when I could actually just move? Why, why did I not ask? I'm not asking myself the right questions. And so that also fit into my long-term investing, you know, again, as a single mom and as a woman working, I have to look at how do I make myself even more independent moving forward? And I don't have a spouse. I don't have the same retirement plan that I had 10 years ago. So what actions do I need to take to fulfill those aims of mine, especially now as I'm moving out of raising young kids? What does my life look like as a professional woman, somebody who's finally doing what she wants to do with her life professionally? So I started looking at all these pieces like a jigsaw. So I, I think I can sell my house and maybe I'll move closer to the water because that's where I feel more aesthetically like grounded. I, I feel better there. And oh, maybe I need to change up my financial team. I, I haven't spoken to my guys in forever. I don't like my CPA. He actually is terrible. And so I started doing homework. You know, part of this is like, you need to take everything not at face value. Part of what fundamentals of transaction teaches you is that you need to be responsible for the information you get, and you need to be responsible for getting it from the right sources. So mm -hmm. I didn't consult with just one or two financial planners or CPAs. I decided I needed a new team and I interviewed several based on what was important to me. And I made decisions based on that. And even with my realtor, I interviewed several. I did my own homework. I got an independent assessment of what my home's value was because I wanted that information. I didn't want a realtor coming in telling me what I should list it as. I wanted concrete information. All of this was like so out of character for me that I didn't tell anybody I was doing anything until the sign went up. I, and so I told my children, of course, but I kind of forewarned them, but yeah. I was moving in a much different way than yeah. anybody ever recognized before. And it's because everything I was doing was with my conditions of life, absolutely top of mind every single day and the steps I needed to get there. And it took all the emotion out of it because I understood I needed X, Y, and Z in place to make that decision. So yeah, by the time I sold my house, I sold it in like seven days. I researched the market. I was obsessed. I did all my homework for two months. I put it on the market when there was very low inventory. And then what's so funny is um, after it sold so quickly and for a good price, three neighbors on my street listed their homes. It's like people were like, you know, oh, I'll do it too. <laughs> It was just like hysterical to me. And so, you know, putting that piece in place was was one of, I think, the bi biggest examples for me that, you know, when you become very clear on what is important to you, then you make different choices and you make it from a place of you're grounded. You are, you know, understanding that sometimes we go through, you know, a certain cycle and transaction and we get frustrated. You know, I will tell you going through the actual real estate transaction oh. and 
you know, that's always joyful, I guess, when you're you know, <laughs> going through the escrow process and you're dealing with, sure. and I, and I'm not going to get into all the specifics except for, I did have a Friday night, 10 PM deadline running out of time conversation. And I called my realtor and said, um, I will accept their decline if they don't give me an answer by 10 PM. And I'm sending that notice to perform now. And he was like, that's kind of, well, that's, I don't know. Risky. Say it. Ballsy. Say it. <laughs> and I got the answer by 10 o'clock and I got everything I wanted. And it was only because I honestly, it is only because of what I learned in this program, because I had the confidence to understand how these things worked. And I understood there was so much more power in that. No, than me yeah. just hanging on. That's I'm getting goose pimples. Uh, it's so fun. <laughs> and then I remember this because we were exchanging some of the finance podcasts that we were listening to. And I was like, well, there's this one. It's kind of geared for millennials. It's super fun, but it's the only way I can do it because money has been such a struggle for me to understand for so long. And so I kind of like was like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I went through that myself. By session three, I think I was in Kirkland's office crying because I had no clue how I was going to make the money that I needed to retire in California. Mm -hmm. And by 10, I was like, oh, no, we're, we got it. I just need to make this many invitations and do this, and then we're good. And I remember that, that shift of, of uh, understanding and knowing, and, and not only knowing, but knowing what my personal aim was. And then now, am I, and like I tell a lot of my clients, what are you going to do about your problem? Well, it's time to pull up my big boy pants and start to make some moves and make some invitations or else we ain't getting there. So I, I love that for you. And I, I love kind of all of this. Um, I, and here's, here's something fun that we like to do at the end of the podcast. Something about your world that you can teach me about transactional competence. So I'd love you to tell me a little bit of how transactional competence works kind of in your producing or in your world now and teach me a, a short lesson on some way that this is incredibly helpful in your world. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, as a producer and a writer, I, I think that's the one thing that I've gotten very clear and has taken ownership of in this practice. Because, you know, when we imagine what the role of a film producer does, you set up projects, you pitch projects, you raise money. That's kind of the foundation part of what you do. It relies heavily on the performer aspect, to be honest with you. Um, to get people to buy in. But when the other part of my personality is a writer, it's something that it's, it's a superpower I never considered, to be honest with you, until I worked with this program. And that was the reason why I ultimately decided to sign on to this fall's uh, Mechanics and Practice, because it's taking ownership of the fact that I can walk into any pitch meeting any situation as a producer who also writes. That's not usually the case, like a true writer. And so I'm also a writer who thinks as a producer that I would never write 30 characters. Who's going to pay for that? Why would I write 10 scenes? Who's going to pay? For, like I, I'm thinking with budget and lo with locations and just how worlds need to look and how I could write something that actually would have marketability and, you know, can be successful in the marketplace. So for me, as a writer and as a producer, 
I did not understand how to marry those two into a very specialized knowledge base in my practice. And that's ultimately what I came out of, especially as a performer who, again, doesn't know the road she wants to take. I realized I can merge both and become even more powerful with that. And that's really what I'm excited to take into mechanics and practice. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening, when Kelly's talking about producer, she means producer in Hollywood. She's a performer personality, but it's it's always fun to just kind of like look at those distinctions. And also, I'd, I'd love to say this, Kelly, you better be careful and you better know what you want, because if you're not careful, I know John Patterson is going to call you up about consulting for us because this was a wonderful interview. And I really, really enjoyed having you on. Um, anything else that we can say to our listeners before we go? No, I, I really appreciate that. And and Josh, you've been a true, you know, cheerleader throughout this. I mean, we've had several calls when I was going through the ups and downs of FOT. And I, I can't express enough how life-changing um, this program and this practice was because it completely changed my mindset. Mindset is power. And prior to this, I just considered myself, I'm a creative with no business sense of any sort that the <laughs> That is not even in play anymore. I feel so much more confident and excited. And I think from a business standpoint now, in addition to being a creative, and I would invite, especially people who are more in the creative fields, to don't ever tell yourself that story, that you can't run a transaction, you can't be successful, you can't do all the things that that business knowledge is required you can do that. And I think this practice just opened those floodgates for me. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being on. I'm going to gush about you for a few minutes and then we'll, we'll talk after the show. It's so good to have you. Thank you Um, for having me. Oh, it's so good. Uh, And here's what I'm hearing on, on this interview is, is there's so many things, but Kelly just did such a great example of kind of being aimless and allowing the environment um, to move you like an adult, like someone who's sitting around waiting for offers and invitations to happen. Don't move like that. Your life is going to be harder. Move as an ambitious adult, someone who's going to go out and make offers, invitations, requests for help and get that help because autonomy is having more help than you need. It's not, I can do it all myself. And uh, Kelly is a, a shining example of that. And if you want to connect with her, you can see the show notes and we'll have more of that. Now, if you'd like to know more about us here at Influential U, you can go to InfluentialU.Global and you can explore our courses, consulting, and conferences. We offer a four-year curriculum for those that are seeking an advanced experience. However, if you're new to Influential U, we recommend that you start with Thrive. It's our self-guided training. Thrive is a self-guided program that lets you learn at your own pace. Thrive members enjoy weekly live e-coaching sessions and an ever-expanding library of exclusive video lessons with our faculty, thought leaders, and industry experts. You'll get proven proprietary tools to accurately assess your career and develop a realistic strategy to achieve your aims faster, and you can start today. Your membership also includes chat access to faculty plus discounts to our transformative conferences. Sign up today and use promo code 30DAYS, that's 30DAYS, for a free 30-day test drive of Influentially Used Thrive program. Once again, it's 30 days. I didn't give Kelly this gift. I'm giving it to you. 30 days. Now, thank you so much for listening today. Each week we stream live at 2 p.m. Pacific on our website, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, so you can easily share this with others. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place that you listen to quality podcasts. 
Next week, I'm really excited because we have a, a guest. Her name is Sophie Ventigle. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Sophie Ventigelin. And she's a graduate of the Fundamentals of Transaction. And she helps her clients with course creation. And she's just a joy to speak with. I hope you'll join us. I'm going to try that last name one more time. Sophie Ventigelin. There you go. I got it. Now, check out our show notes for links to connect with our guests, plus links to websites, books, or special downloads that we talked about on today's episode. This podcast is made possible by the Influential You staff, faculty, and our members all around the world, with a special thanks to our executive producer, Tyson Crandall, and contributions from John Patterson, Michael Teehee in the booth. Thank you, Teehee. Joey Anderley, Daryl Anderley, Paul West, and Liz Smiley, and a special thanks to our guest, Kelly Woolian, and uh, Mike. Thank, Mike McCann, thank you for texting me. That was so nice. I'm glad you like this. Kelly, Mike McCann is a big fan. The Influencer You podcast is produced by Influence Ecology, LLC in Ventura, California. This episode was recorded on June 21st, 2023, or the summer solstice, or as I like to call it, my brand new Cologne Day. You're welcome. The podcast theme is by Chris Standring, entitled Fast Trained Everywhere. And if you haven't yet offered a rating or review, I ask that you take a moment Go to iTunes or your podcast app and let us know what you think. This helps us more than you know, and we'll see you next week on the Influential You podcast.